This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Now it's time for Spiritual Learning with Priestess Lily. radio show podcast I have created to help assist humanity rise the consciousness through connection holding space for thought activating conversations with heart-centered leaders wisdom keepers and divine humans expanding into their authenticity and soul purpose Stella Tomlinson is an author priestess sharing soul care for spirituality and curious midlife woman. Her most recent book is Cycles of the Belonging, honoring ourselves through the sacred cycles of life, published by Womancraft Publishing. Her offerings are based on 20 plus years experience in personal and spiritual development through meditation, yoga, mindfulness, energy healing, and goddess, and nature spirituality. And she's been teaching and writing in these fields since 2011. Stella's dearest wish is to help sensitive, soulful, mid-life woman discover their internal sense of safety, calmness and confidence. They need to follow their innate knowing and live their life to their full potential. So welcome, Stella. I'm so grateful for you to come and join me today. Hi Lily, it's great to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. It's going to be a good one, I think. <laughs> oh, totally. And I know that there's going to be so much wisdom in um, what you have to share. Yes, I've, uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I've got lots of, lots, lots of juicy things to talk about, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I suppose for those that are listening, I I want to ask you, because I think when you come to the realization that you're a priestess is quite um, a phenomenal, you know, awakening and embody embodiment, you, you identify with being called a priestess. Do you want to share with the listeners mm. your journey around how that has um, embodied, evolved for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I am a priestess, a priestess of a specific goddess, a priestess of Bridget. Um, yes. <laughs> and Bridget, uh, just for your listeners, in case that you're not familiar with her, she is a Celtic um, pre um, goddess, uh, very ancient, very well beloved. Um, she is a triple aspect goddess. Um, in the kind of original form, she was um, known as the a goddess who was beloved of poets she was a healer and um a, a, and a smith so she's got these really you know, really kind of interesting three facets to her which i kind of distill as being healing 
inspiration and transformation those three kind of um yeah three sacred um energies but what's really fascinating about her is that she was a, uh, a goddess and then she's adopted by christianity as saint bridget and now she's come back into consciousness as as the goddess which is her original form so it's this beautiful kind of almost like unbroken um presence of her within humanity so i was called well there's many different ways in which i was called to be her priestess you could say i was born to it because my birthday is the second of february which is in the northern hemisphere is imolk which is her sacred her sacred festival so it's a i kind of sense it was in the stars I didn't realize it at the time though. <laughs> yeah. So um, I first, the first little seed really around the connection to Bridget was in about, uh, I think it's 2011. I was doing uh, my um, yoga teacher training course and a friend on there, she said, oh, it's your birthday. Did you know it was Imolk? Did you know it was about the goddess Bridget? And I was, I had no idea at this point. So that planted a little seed. Um, and then I kind of, I'll probably come on to talking to you all about the cycles and uh, cycle awareness a bit later, but around two, 2015, I started to kind of really sort of feel the call to explore nature-based spirituality. And then, and then around 2017, I felt a call to go to Glastonbury, which isn't that far in the scheme of things from where I live. So the sacred Glastonbury Avalon, um, which is very much connected to the divine feminine. It's about two hours drive away from where I live. So. I went there in 2017 and really felt so real calling to go there. And actually, as my husband was driving me there, I, I had this little voice inside kept going, she's coming, she is coming. Now, I, I didn't think it was me. I wasn't quite sure what it, what it meant at the time, but it's, I think she, as in goddess, was coming and <laughs> she was calling me. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I picked up a leaflet. There's a goddess temple there in Glastonbury, and I picked up a leaflet about some priestess training. And one of them was rigid. And it's almost as soon as I held that leaflet in my hand, it was like, Stella, you are doing this. Something really deep within me said, you are doing this training. Um, my head was like, what? Priestess? What is this? But it was just really unmistakable. Something I never really felt before in my life so strongly that this is what you, this is what you need to do. This is your path. So yeah, so I followed um, a two year training going around two years or oh, two spirals of the, the cycle of the wheel of the year connecting the first spiral to Bridget within me in my own life. And then the second year is more sort of external facing how, how could you be a priestess in the, in the world as it were, practical priestessing. So, so for me, I call myself a priestess because kind of, I was called to it and I did do a training in it. Now, not, I know not everyone needs that, does that, feels called to do that way. But I know for me, I have a little bit of, um, a mind which is easily distracted. So I find something which is a little bit more structured. Mm -hmm. um, if I want to learn about something and even embody something, I find I, that kind of structure of actually following a course in, in certain things really helps me. So that's, yeah, so it's kind of like a, just a, a really strong calling, which I like, I look back at now knowing that my birthday is in bulk is like, she was there at my birth because I was two weeks early. So she decided you're going to be born on my day. <laughs> yeah, love it. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was really kind of um, stars aligning in many ways and sort of following little threads which were dropped into my life through people or circumstances, all this sort of inner, inner callings. So, um, yes, that was my path. And I initiated as a priestess at start of, well, actually pretty much almost exactly two years ago, actually, in January of, uh, of 2020. 
so yeah so that was my path to it very similar to me actually okay similar to me so I had the um you know same calling um mm -hmm. ended up doing my priestess temple work in a um devotional practice for 18 months with Julie Parker mm. oh yeah yeah um and with 18 other women was very much mm. just fell into it um and mm -hmm. it was the first time that I felt like I actually belonged mm. you know it was it was the first time for me personally that I saw sisterhood and what sisterhood should be and that you know really embodied co-creation the seasons mm. the cycles um and you know from I struggled for many years with my gift and it was the first time that my gift I was actually accepted for my gift and so for me it was exactly you know very very similar the first priestess that came or goddess that came to me and and that time that I did that you know 18 month real deep journeying was Mary Magdalene oh wow yeah and okay. you know um and I have had many uh, um moments with Bridie um mm -hmm. love, love her fiery energy when she oh, shows yeah. up for me I'm like holy yeah. crap. little part of me just is <laughs> like oh I'm not ready for you <laughs> <laughs> And it's, you know, for me, she very much symbols the, you know, triple goddess, exactly everything that you just shared. I'm normally in a cycle of death and rebirth. So I think it's really like, yeah, yeah it's really potent because this is where we are right now in the collective as a whole. Absolutely. I think it's about Bridget as well. Often she's seen as like a maiden goddess and a kind of very kind of like gentle goddess and Imolk and snowdrops. But oh, there's so much more to that than that. <laughs> very much so. I mean, she is, you, know, you think of the forge, you know, working at an anvil. In fact, on my priestess tra training, we actually worked as a, as a group of about 12 of us. And we each worked at an anvil, hammering at iron just to, to make a spiral kind of a shape. And it was such hard work it was amazing and it's a great real me metaphor metaphor for so many things in life for kind of anything which takes us through an initiatory process it is that kind of having to keep you know be worked by the powerful energies and stay with it and let yourself kind of melt and crumble and just go through kind of pe pain barrier kind of to let your soul you can then be reformed and that's really how I experienced Bridget is that very much a kind of um as a as a, a way shower a guide as, as as yeah sacred flame and she yeah she takes you into her forge and she works you <laughs> yeah and I think you know what I think that's the thing when a goddess you know you very valid point when a goddess shows up in your life I think people have this idea that you know, it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies and, you know, spirituality is all the fluffy, you know, delicious stuff that we're kind of sold by mainstream, mm. um, by mainstream. The reality yeah. is, it's, you know, I know that for myself, there's, it's the dark shadow of the night. It's like reconnecting to a power. I've got to melt. I've got to soften. It's, it's a place that, you know, you can really go to that is just so much inner growth within you if you go to mm. those dark shadow of the night spaces. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just as I was started started the journey really of towards presetting, and I was reading some books and those books going, if you, you know, if you invite the goddess into your life, she will take you down a journey. Just so, so, so you know, 
as you say, it's not all unicorns and fairy dust at all. And I've certainly experienced that myself because over these last five years, I've been on a very deep, deep healing journey to really confront my kind of really deep core emotional woundings from childhood. And, you know, I had, I, I mean, until a few years ago, I had really chronic irritable bowel syndrome and I had migraines, but, um, and I went on a journey while I was doing my process training, I went on a journey for healing that. So there was the kind of physical level of healing, but then there was the kind of the psychological and soul level of healing, which was, it's difficult. It's hard. I, you know, I was really confronting deepest kind of fears and deepest yeah, soul wounds, really, soul loss of things that happened to me in childhood around my mother, mothering and, and, and other things which kind of like spiraled out from that through life. And it was hard. It was really hard. I, you know, it's like going, yeah, it's going into the depths. Mm. It is like a death and rebirth. And it's not just, and the fun thing is, it doesn't happen just once, does it? No, exactly. <laughs> it keeps on going. It keeps on going because the yeah. path of the goddess is a spiral path, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you think know. you've been down and gone through the ringer? Oh, no, there's more. <laughs> yeah. Just witnessing you for sharing that because I think that's, you know, um, when we can speak it, mm. it means we've healed it. And, you know, mm. to some degrees, and exactly what you said, I remember thinking, oh, shit, I've totally done with that. And then six months later, okay, we're back here again. Yeah. How did we get back here? And I think, you know, that's what we forget. We're in, you know, the deeper we go, the more uh, the more we can get into the core of our, you know, higher self, the core of our soul work, our soul wound, yeah. our patterning, our sake, you know, our um, ancestral lineage of healing our own um, generational wounds. Mm. Absolutely, because I, so I feel like I, I know I've you know, long been aware of the kind of the, wound, the intergener intergenerational trauma of my mother line. And it goes back to, like, you know, I can always date it back to like the 1870s where there was um, my, get this right, my great, great grandmother was, was illegitimate and her mother wouldn't say who the father was. Now, in 1870s provincial England, that was serious. She was rejected, you know, she was rejected by all sorts of people. Uh, I just try to think what they went through, but I can see how that has reverberated down my mother line through mothers perhaps who uh -huh. just weren't weren't able to love weren't able because they just didn't have that love themselves so it's yeah it, it goes it goes deep it goes deep and um yeah and the goddess the death rebirth goddess <laughs> she's definitely been with me on that path <laughs> uh, yeah so that, I mean, that what we've just shared then, that's a whole podcast in itself, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, Go definitely. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, what leads you to learning and embodying the sacred feminine cycle? So again, there's, there seems to be a theme in my life of things sort of just sort of books coming in or leaflets coming in or things like that. But um what really, really, I can very clearly see it is in 2015, um, I was 40 that year. So kind of like quite a, a, a gateway kind of age. Um, and I read about three different books actually had a very quite profound effect. I mean, one of which is perhaps less relevant to this particular conversation, which is a highly sensitive person by Elaine Aron. So I realized I was a highly sensitive person, which made, I wasn't flaky or thin skinned. I'm a highly sensitive person. So that was one, big kind of thing but uh -huh. more pertaining 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely reframed my life and, and, and understood myself more. But more kind of relevant to this conversation is that two other books I read, one is which I just sort of picked up a book about Wicca. Now, I don't say I don't really follow a Wiccan path now, but I just was called to this book on Wicca in a, in a um, kind of secondhand bookshop. And um, so I kind of remember reading that, particularly the stuff around the Wheel of the Year in there. I'm reading about um, Samhain. Mm -hmm. And just really feeling a sense of homecoming, this kind of talking about this time of wintering, entering winter and the crone goddess and, and death and rebirth. <laughs> well, death really there, isn't it? And, um, <laughs> excuse me, and really feeling called and really strongly resonated. But then what really, really got me onto this process is another book, <laughs> which I read called Code Red by Lisa Lister who is um yeah she's also author of Love Your Lady Landscape and Witch uh, great yeah <laughs> great, great books yeah so yeah I read that which is obviously which is about the menstrual cycle and the power of the menstrual cycle and the um this kind of spiritual side of the menstrual cycle and that just lit a flame within me because I was I got really angry like why didn't I not know about this I was you know I up until this point age 40 I was just, you know, pretty much cut off my menstrual cycle. It was just an annoyance. Every kind of 29, 30 days as this kind of uh, happened. I didn't really know what else happened. You ovulated at some point, but other than that, it was all like, don't talk about it, just ignore it. Take tablets if you have pain. Just what didn't I was not happy about. I was not happy that I menstruated. But then I read this book and it just, yeah, it's the same, it flicked a switch, it lit a fire because it is sort of it's just such fundamental intelligence to have about yourself. This is what, as a woman or you know, a person who has a menstrual cycle, you know, this is what your body is doing every month of your menstrual life. This is what your soul is doing going through this cycle, this cyclic, you know, life, death, rebirth um, pattern. And, and not to have been ever told about that in that respect to have been barely educated anything around the menstrual cycle really it was just made me just so angry now i've always been a little bit of a even from a child as a bit of a fiery feminist i think it went underground for a little while but <laughs> i was because i remember when i was quite young i decided god didn't exist jesus might have done but god didn't anyway <laughs> that was uh the christian one the, the christian form of it you know what you're kind of taught in some christian kind of um, sunday school but um so yeah, they kind of relit that that sort of fire of why are women and those of us who menstruate, why have we been cut off from all this? Why are we not taught this? Why didn't I know this? So that started a real process of, of, of really basically tracking my menstrual cycle and really connecting to it on a level of how do I feel energetically, my emotions, and kind of doing rituals around it, particularly around the kind of when I was menstruating. So really sort of just honor the fact that I was you know, in this menstrual time. So yeah, that was that was the real. That's, that's what led me to, or started off the process. So the same, I was fourteen, two thousand and fifteen, and I guess from that, it kind of led me to do more reading around. I, I do love to read <laughs> as well as write. Um, so I read a lot more around it. I came across Red School, who um, Shani Hugo, well, it's there, and Alexandra Pope, who is really the kind of one of the pioneers of this kind of work. And I was you know, read their book and did some of their courses and just really kind of just sunk into connecting and med you know 
through rituals, through meditation, just and just literally just through honoring the fact that it's okay not to feel on the same level the whole time. You know, you ebb and flow as a menstruating person. You, as a woman, you go through this cycle. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine to feel you're really angry in your pre-menstruum because that is a sign that, of stuff which is needs facing, you know. It's okay to, if you can, to rest as much as you can in menstrual time. And and I just, because I, I, looking back now, I realize that around day, around day 25 of each cycle, I used to think that everything was just horrible. What was the point of doing everything, anything? My, you know, I was just, my mood was just massively drop. And I, and it never really related that to the fact it was to do with my menstrual cycle before, which is just seems crazy now. But knowing that it was, you know, a pattern of around day 25, I would tend to have this dip. It just allowed me to be so much more compassionate to myself. And that is, you know, a real kind of gift of, of this kind of embodying or, or connecting to the sacred feminine cycle through the menstrual cycle in particular. It, it 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 enables you to just be more have a deeper deeper relationship with your inner world of your emotions your energy yeah and to be compassionate and and also to to actually be quite radical as well in saying actually this whole paradigm this patriarchal paradigm of we have to be always productive we have to be always push 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 growth 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 out there you know it's 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 wrong. It's broken. It doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit us. It doesn't suit humanity, let alone women. So yeah, I I, I started to get quite um, what's the, what's the word? So I'm now also in perimenopause, and sometimes my words go from my mind. <laughs> anyway, maybe that word will come back to me. But it, yeah, I, I suppose I started to talk about it with people I knew, write about it, and that kind of stuff. And I just sort of. And I do see a clear link between that and then being a priestess because from that oh, and totally. yeah, and absolutely, it's, it's fundamental, isn't it? And so I was, you know, then also tuning to the moon as well and the moon, moon, the lunar cycles and how that kind of interplayed with my menstrual cycle. Interesting, actually, not long after, in the sort of first maybe six months after I started tracking my menstrual cycle, I synced with a full moon for quite a few months. Yeah, which is quite it's interesting. So and then it kind of went off. I'm completely synced now with the full moon. Okay, right, yeah. And then I sync with the new moon for a little while, and I sync back to the full moon. But another gift of actually being, um, of tracking my menstrual cycle is that I very clearly re- notice, yes, I must be in perimenopause now, because this is, because everything's going all over the place the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's really, that connection to the menstrual cycle was the thing which really lit, lit the fire for me, which led to, connecting to the moon, connecting to the seasons, and then connecting to, to the sacred feminine and, and, and goddess, which led me to Bridget, which, and then which led me to my writing. So I kind of very, see a very clear, a clear um, thread there. It's really interesting because um, as you were speaking, I was just like, yes, 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 yes. And I think mm-hmm. this is, you know, there were so many gems in what you just shared. I think we, you know, consistently have to we are programmed and conditioned to live our life to the vibration of the system or patriarchy or you know even just when you were speaking about your um menstrual cycle for me I'm like yeah as a young girl it was it's kind of like dirty Mm. it's kind of 
it's a pain you know it's um mm. and you know for me in my late 20s I had pre-cancer and so I I had surgery and stuff so I lost my period for like probably okay. from 28 to 39 okay okay like it, would come for, it would come for like a day or maybe a week or then I wouldn't have it for like three years or you know and so when I started my mm. pre-testing I started I it actually came back when I did my 18 okay. months with devotional court devotional practice um you know my period came back and now I'm an absolutely in sync completely in sync and so mm. you know for me that was really that was really I at the time it, it was it wasn't um uh significant thing but now looking back it absolutely mm -hmm. completely significant because there's a part of that that of that wound or that say, mm. that I've healed that I've like yeah. released and let go of and been able to and so now for me where you know in my 20s my period was probably a pain in the ass let's just say it for what it is now it's like welcome it's a mm. it's a different energy absolutely and it's it, it just and I never ever thought you know if you asked me in my 20s or 30s or teens if I ever would have you know said this but actually I, I actually really quite love my mens menstruation now yeah now, I'm not getting it as often because my because of being in perimenopause but when it does come it just feels like such a, a relief a release but not just that it is that it takes you into a different kind of level of consciousness I think if you can connect to it if you can open to it and I I 100% acknowledge that not everybody has the ability to, you know, to actually take time away to be able to connect on, on the day that, that, you know, their blood arrives for, you know, for a variety of reasons. But, but even if you can take a little bit of time, or just to acknowledge it. But, but I certainly find I feel much more mystic at that time of my month when the blood is arriving. And I've written lots of many of my the poems that I've written over the years have, have come in that time, or inspiration has come and. And in the kind of days leading up to it, I can feel like I call it I, I call it the call to the temple. I can feel myself being called. Now, sometimes it's easier to to follow that call than others. Life gets in the way sometimes. And Definitely. and especially, yeah. And particularly if you don't know when, when your blood is going to be arriving, because if you, if you have an irregular cycle or if you like me, if you're in perimenopause, you can't you can't really plan <laughs> sometimes like okay now then okay well i i'm going away for the weekend uh oh <laughs> yeah. but you know you can still kind of find your little ways of, of 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 honoring it so um so yeah it's just that such a such a powerful powerful practice and you use the word wound and i do really think it is a wound there that women and all people who menstruate have been systematically by patriarchy disconnected from this power this wisdom this this embodied spiritual practice of following your menstrual cycle and your connection to the moon to the seasons it is it's you know, such a deep wound you know it's it's you're cut off you kind of it's like you're cut off from your body if you don't really if you if you can't follow you can't feel it if you don't if what your body is doing through this these the hormonal the physiological fluctuations the energy fluctuations if you're just I, I maybe shaming yourself the fact that you don't feel you're on an even keel the whole time or you're certainly not encouraged to 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 follow this this you're supposed to be as I just said always productive always out there always available always well you know on 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 it's 
these kind of inner autumn and inner winter times of the free menstruum and, and menstruation, which is the kind of death rebirth energy, is, is just not recognized. It's not allowed, as it were, you know, by society. There's so much pressure to ignore it. Yeah. So it's no surprise so many millions of women do. Yeah, it's, um, you know, totally hearing everything you're saying, sister, of getting reactions. I've got goosebumps, mm -hmm. I've been itching my hair, because it's just like, I think when you know it, or you start to embody it, it just is such a, it's like you're coming home. It's such a natural mm. practice, because mm. I think we look at ourselves as um, we forget that we are the temple. We forget that our body, our sacred self, is us. This human, we are, we are the this the physical body is part of the soul temple. It's the structure Absolutely. to connect to, mm. you know, the inner. And so that's what I very much believe. Um, you know how you talked about patriarchy and um, you know, being on all the time? Because I think this is really important right now. Because I think, you mm. know, energetically for the last two years, um, with what's happening in the collective transition, you know, we're being called back to coming home to self, the cycle of nature, you know, being mm. still still a death, rebirth, everything that we've just talked about as a whole. Um, and I feel like this is going to be really important um, because the more that we become stronger in our temple, the more that the patriarchy, the system can do what it needs to do. And we don't actually need to be that, you know, how to disconnect from that emotionally and mentally, you know, mm. physically. Mm. What gems do you have around this sister? Just throw, you know, the curveball yeah. at you. Yeah, I know, I know. It's big. You're like, where do we go with that question? <laughs> I know. So, 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 so kind of like, so, so draws what you're saying there. I'm like, so, hang on, what, what are you asking me? <laughs> okay, so I suppose um, we'll reframe it. The death and rebirth. Yeah. And the cycle that we're currently experiencing as a whole, because it's yeah. everyone in the, I mean, we're all yeah. on this planet doing the same, in the same mm. shitty transition. Um, <laughs> how do you think women can navigate that and honour their cycle, mm. you know, the cycle of death yeah. and rebirth? And, and, you know, I suppose it's like not allow it to affect them emotionally and mentally. Yeah, it's a, it, is a, it is a huge challenge, isn't it? I and mean, this is something I do struggle with myself. You know, I kind of, I've, you know, I've got this deep connection to my cycles. I've got this deep connection to the cycle of life and goddess. And yet still I kind of feel myself getting angry and what's going on and, and sad and anger and grief and all sorts of things. Um, and I guess just coming back to what we've just talk, been talking about really is to, to, to really anchor yourself as much as you can into your your own cycle, how you connect to it, which is could, for many of us could be the menstrual cycle or maybe the lunar cycle, if 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 that kind of if that resonates more for whatever reason. But to honor the fact that we are in an initiatory experience, we are in a descent, we are in a death phase. Uh -huh. collectively and as women 
and those of us who menstruate. But if you can learn to embody that, because you go through that every month, you go through that every month, you go through a death and rebirth every menstrual cycle. So you've got this because you're trained, you've trained for it your whole life in some ways. <laughs> you know, if you've got, if you can forge that connection and honor the nature of life, the nature of life is at its simplest life, death and rebirth. And, and to recognize that most of, well not, I would say most of humanity, but most of the globalized, industrialized societies, West, North, and you know, the industrialized societies just don't get this. No. So those of us who, even if it's just a little bit, even if you just get this a little bit, whether you've got a little bit of a practice of just honoring a menstrual cycle or you're kind of, you're called to be a priestess, you've got this calling to, to know that there is a different way to exist. And this is the true nature of life. It is this cycle. And no matter what crap we're all going through now, it's part of a cycle. Yeah. It doesn't make it any it doesn't make it any easier. I absolutely acknowledge that, you know, to be in this transitionary period, this real descent yeah. into collectively our shadows are being shown to us and probably individually too while we're while we're kind of in this yeah. in this period. Where was I going with shadows? <laughs> Deep stuff. I'm just sort of like, huh. <laughs> But yeah, this has come back to yeah, the acknowledging of the of the anger, of the grief that you're probably feeling. Because it is part of the process. Mm-hmm. So okay, going back to the honoring of your menstrual cycle, each, as I said, each month you're going through a death and a rebirth in your pre-menstruum, or if you're in perimenopause like me. This is a kind of an, a kind of autumn release kind of energy. This is the kind of descent energy where you be, you can be truthful, you can be angry, and that's another that's, that's another thing women aren't allowed to be. We're not allowed to be angry. No, we're not. There's a, there's a lot to be angry about, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going. I'm not going to pretend otherwise anymore. You know, we're socialized just to not feel the complex emotions so I think now we're in this collective kind of as I say descent and there's a lot of complex emotions flying around individually and in the collective and we just collectively generally we just don't know how to cope with it because patriarchy doesn't like emotions because emotions are messy and we don't want to be dealing with emotions we don't want to recognize our emotions we don't you know because it just gets in the way of productivity and logic and rationality and and really the sacred feminine, the, the cyclic nature of life is down in the mud and the dirt and the mess. Like, you know, this is... Oh, I love it. You know, this is... The, the darkness is not evil. The darkness is not wicked. The darkness is not something to have love and light sprinkled over. That, that, that does have its role. But also, you know, because we haven't looked at our shadows generally as societies we kind of push things away you know 
you kind of see it, you've seen things over the recent, in the last couple of years, particularly in, in, in Britain, particularly. I'm English, there's a lot of shadows around imperialism and colonialism that's never been dealt with. We just push it away. We just pretend we're all great. Wasn't Britain great? And it's makes me sick. Um, you know, it's never been dealt with. So it's like we're in this collective dark night of the soul. But most of us, certainly our leaders, and a lot of a lot of us are kind of running around as sort of frightened children because we've never dealt with our individual trauma. Yeah. And the and the collective trauma. Yeah. And and so it's yeah it's so it's difficult absolutely but the death rebirth goddess is is here with us you know, if we can connect to her she's fearsome she's scary but ultimately her energy is of love oh my god she's I, I wonder i wonder could i i've got a poem i've written actually about her yeah. a short poem from my my book cycles of belonging and I just it just really kind of embodies what I was just sort of describing as the death birth energy and the kind of energy we're in now so it's quite it's relatively short and by the way my poetry when I cut when I read it it's like I'm, re I'm reading someone else's words because they tend to kind of just flows when I write it it's flowed through me it's like it's not like I've written it it's like it's been written through me but uh, Bridget is it's Bridget is patroness of the bards, so she kind of, she, 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 she talks through me. <laughs> okay, so it's called, I will destroy you. I hear you invoking me. Carly, dark mother, destroyer, life, death, rebirth goddess. But can you handle me, girl? I will come and burn and sever and destroy. I will pull down all that you have built on shaky foundations. Am I not what you were asking for? Do you want to be coddled and comforted and soothed? Are you a girl who wants her mummy? Or are you a woman ready to embody fierce rage? For I will cut through your bullshit and pretense and all that you think you hold dear. It will feel like you are dying. Hear the flash of my blades. Feel the edifices crumbling. Inhale the scent of burning. I will destroy you. And in your death, I will hold you and rebirth you as the powerful woman you truly are. Ooh. Oh my God, girl. <laughs> Huge. You know. Yeah. Oh, that is absolutely. And you know what? That's, that's where we're at. And, he, mm. and we're in the crumbling we're in the crumbling yeah. we're in, and uh, this is where I've always said and people haven't really liked what we liked you know my pretty to the point mm. posts if we'd done all our work as individuals we wouldn't be mm. in this place as, as a collective but the reality is we have to do our work as individuals for us to actually stand into and stand in our mm. authenticity yeah, this absolutely. is about breaking down the conditions, the programming, the old shit that we think serves us that doesn't for serve us, you know, mm. colonialism, you know, and at the mm. moment it's all being revealed at once. Plus, yeah, our, it is. Plus our own shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was all coming at once. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just actually like, being in the. <laughs> 
hang on, I can only deal with this. Well, we've got all this. Yeah. Yeah, that's a saying, and it's being in the collective um, kind of initiation, as you say, it's triggering all our own, own stuff. And as you say, if we haven't dealt with it, and, and to be fair, most of us haven't because, because the help isn't there. You know, who, I mean, I'm privileged, I was able to afford, you know, therapy you know good quality therapy with somebody you know which I had to, you know I did have to pay for it you know I wasn't going to get it on the um, National Health Service here in the UK unfortunately to the level you know so I was able to really delve deep in a, in a way and with a with a therapist who could hold that and it wasn't just about talking about it it was actually dealing with the how the trauma is trapped in that in the body yeah um yeah totally get it sister totally get it I that poem is just absolutely mm -hmm. oh like powerful <laughs> like like seriously there's it's I you know we could just end the, end the podcast here now because the reality and you know I don't know that this is where our conversation would go but I love it your book like Ooh. I've had a sneaky I've gone on your page and had a look see about okay, yeah. it and I literally when I logged on I could feel the energy through the um web page Mm -hmm. the cycles of belonging let's, yeah. let's talk let's talk about that because mm -hmm. you talk about it being six sacred temples of belonging. yeah yes so it's all comes to these this cycles i've been you know talking about so far the the fundamental cycle of being life death and rebirth but we can kind of break that down to a little bit further to kind of we see it in the spring, summer, autumn, winter, which then maps to the moon and the new crescent moon. You've got the waxing moon, the full moon, the waning moon, the dark moon, which just as an aside, I find it fascinating that so many people ignore the dark moon. And it's all like waning moon, waning moon, new moon, shiny. It's like, hang on, dark moon, the death. <laughs> Don't ignore the death. Yeah, same. And then that maps to, and then there's different ways of looking at the sacred feminine archetypes. But the way I've kind of, um, it came through my priestess training, but it totally resonates with me. Is five archetypes of, of maiden, lover, mother, queen, and crone. So, uh, so obviously you've got, you know, often we hear maiden, mother, crone, but there's that maiden, lover, mother, queen, and crone. Partially recognition that women live longer than we used to, but <laughs> it yeah. just makes it a little bit more kind of complex. Um, so yes, so, I, so my book is looking at this, this fundamental cycles and how they all map to each other. So I go through six, the, the, um, six temples. So I start off with looking at the breath, because really every breath we take is taking us through the seasons. It is taking us through growth, fullness, release, death, and then the rebirth of new breath. So if just to you know, it's just the simplest spiritual practice of connecting to cycles of life take a mindful breath and breathe in through spring and summer and breathe out through autumn and winter and you are embodying that you know the, the cycles of life with your breath so then i then look at the daily cycle so through each every day we go through this same process of the birth of the day which builds up to midday which then releases and goes into nighttime and also look at um Oh, for each of these temples, I'm looking at kind of the gift to the shadow side of things. I do like to go delving in the shadows. <laughs> I'd like to kind of go, go deep, as you probably can tell from this conversation. So, um, and then we go to the menstrual cycle. So that's, you know, this is looking how we, we 
through our menstrual cycle embody this like this fundamental template of the nature of a sacred feminine of, of life and then there's a lunar cycle and then the seasonal cycle and then i also look in more detail in the book at these five sacred feminine archetypes and how they um show up within our own psyches how they are archetypes in the collective which we can tap into uh and again their gifts and their shadows and the shadows of these archetypes of maiden lover mother queen and crone will often become twisted by patriarchy <laughs> so you know you might find for example the 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 gift of the lover archetype i would say is courage and freedom but the shadow is around shame because patriarchy blames women for having being sensual and sexual so we often have very very complicated relationships with our own bodies and our sexuality so and um yeah with the mother there's a gift of unconditional love but there's a shadow of kind of mother wounding of things like enmeshment or um kind of manipulation and 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 also the yeah so it's just so yeah so i go so there's some looking at and these different temples and i see them as different temples because they are they're all kind of expressing the same energy but in their kind of unique ways and and i wrote this book because i hadn't really come across a book i'm not saying it doesn't exist anywhere but i hadn't come across it which brought all these cycles together often you'll get books about the lunar cycle you get a book about the weed of the year you get a book about the menstrual cycle but i just thought basically i wanted a book which brought them all together so i decided i'd write it yeah <laughs> because it's what i've been living myself as well since 2015 and i do feel very strongly called to express my priestesshood priestesshood through words through through writing at the primarily through writing at the moment at least um so yeah and it's cycles of belonging because when we connect to back into these these the cyclic nature of life as you said yourself we're coming home to ourselves mm -hmm. this is the nature of life which our ancient ancestors would have been intimately tapped into would their whole lives would have been just by nature because <laughs> that's how they lived they were lived in in um, flow with the natural rhythms of life because they had to but you know we've gradually over the centuries and millennia of the centuries and particularly obviously since the last sort of couple of hundred years we very much disconnected and and look where it's got us we're destroying our habitat we've disconnected from the mother from the matrix from our from our uh, habitat mother earth and i do strongly really deeply believe that if more and more of us can reconnect to the cyclic nature of life to our own cycles to nature cycles that perhaps there is some hope that we may collectively remember the truth yeah. of the nature of life and step back from the brink, the abyss that we're standing on at the moment. I have hope. Some days I don't have so much hope, but I try to cling on to it. <laughs> Just the start, I'm hearing you, like absolutely hearing you. I think for me, you know, because obviously I'm a medium and I get a lot of like intuitive hits that people don't like my collective messages um, mm -hmm. and that's okay. You know, I've decided for so long, I've wanted to be a part of upholding the structure and actually I'm not designed. I've just like, you know, the realization is like, I can't uphold that anymore. 
because I'm actually not designed to be in it. Mm. You know, just the last, just today or just this last week, I was like, I'm actually just going to put all my readings online now. I'm going to co-create the slow part of life for me that's more aligned with actually how I want to live my life. I'm actually giving myself mm. permission for that. Have I had pushback? Absolutely pushback by some mm. of my clients. But I'm just like, this is about what is aligned for me now. This is, you know, I'm here to be a service to obviously humanity and awakening people. But actually, I can't do that. I, if I do that, if I don't do, if I do it the way they want me to do it, I'm actually doing myself a disservice. I'm, this is mm. about me honoring that cycle that is in of being in nature, you know, of actually what I'm needing. And I think that's really hard for women, yeah, you know, designed to want to show up and be full on all the time and mm-hmm. bells and whistles, because that's what we've been told we need to be. But, you know, have I struggled with this? Absolutely. Spirit told me this like four months mm. ago and I was like, no, don't be so silly. Don't be so silly. And I, and I just woke up and I went, you know what? you just have to do that and so it's really interesting even you know yourself wanting to know what you know mm. like me and you're like you we know what we know but you know having faith that it's the right thing having having hope that you know exactly what you just said mm. we're going to get there yeah yeah uh, it's challenging it's a challenge isn't it and I say there's so much so much as you say, it's the, you're swimming against the tide, aren't you? To and it's and it's a strong, a very very strong tide that wants to pull you back in and pull you back under and and into the kind of the the status quo and the the, the kind of the the normal way of doing things. You know, just keep hustling, keep pushing. And you know, I do find myself sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, I like I have an afternoon. I just want to just stare at the clouds for a while. I just want to go for a walk, and then it'll. Thing in my mind goes but you should be promoting your book you should be doing this you should be doing that you should more 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 you should or think of all these things you should be doing and yeah it is a on that in, internal level it's a, it can be a constant push and pull but um but deeper than that I know that, that, that I know what I need but sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge to let yourself have that can't it <laughs> oh yeah totally and I think you know because it comes back to we're not used to giving ourselves permission Mm. Mm. as women we're just kind of socialized to feel guilty aren't we <laughs> oh hell yes. So, yes just feel guilty just feel guilty a for existing i'm not being a man defective woman that you are but it's <laughs> yeah. but it's just that yeah we're kind of yeah we're acculturated to to keep to keep giving to put other people first and it's yeah it's kind of incredibly challenging to um to say no no oh. actually boundaries i'm going to uh i'm going to do what I need even if just a five minutes <laughs> but yeah. a lot longer than that hopefully yeah um with your book so it comes out on the first of February yes it does in bulk <laughs> people, in the northern in the northern hands um how do people get hot how do where do people find it how do people get hold of it so from the first of february it will be available um from anywhere all the major online um bookshops worldwide uh in print and in ebook 
Um, you can get a signed copy from my publisher, Womancraft Publishing, who are based in Ireland. So I know that in the Southern Hemisphere, the postage could be a little bit prohibitive for that. But, you know, I'll just, I'll just put it out there. But it yeah. will be, yeah, it'll be available for all the, um, the major online um, booksellers. And actually, if you want to support your local bookshop, I'm sure if you kind of went in and asked them to order it through their local book, bookshop, you, you'd be able to do that, uh, do that as well. Is this book your um, legacy? Um, strange enough, I'd say no. There's another book. There's another book which I've started writing, which I think will be. Yeah, well, I've got quite a few more books in me. This is my third book. It's um, but it's it felt like when I was writing it, it was like, yeah, this is this is. Well, it, it, no, it, it is. It, I, I know it is needed and it is it, 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 and I had to write and I needed to write it. Um, but I know that having written it, it's opened me up to go much deeper in different ways around kind of soul woundings. I know my particular one is around my, is around um, I'm, I'm mothering, the mothering I received. So, um, and I don't place any blame on my mother on this, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say it's, it's intergenerational trauma, but I still have had to deal with the consequences. So. Uh, so I've got a book around that and I know I've got a book around perimenopause and um, yeah, I've got quite a few books in me, I think. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, but this feels very much because my first two books, well, my first book was kind of around, sort of, it was called Peace Lies Within and it was about sort of finding peace with the mind, which again, it was a, that, that was a, that I felt like I needed to write that. That was the kind of product of my, of kind of like um, the first sort of, 10, 15 years perhaps of my own journey. And then I wrote a book called Whispers to Mother Earth, which are poems and prayers of healing, inspiration, and transformation. Now they are just Bridget talk, just came from Bridget, came from Bridget. As soon as I kind of picked up that leaflet about the priestess training in 2017, these words started coming through me. <laughs> I love it. And then which led to cycles of belonging, which is which very much felt like, yes, I need to, I need, I need, I've got things to say around the cyclic nature of life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I always ask my guests just before we yeah. end three sacred shares. Okay. So what's one thing right now in the world that you'd like to do to expand the collective? I would love to play my part somehow in some way in, it's quite a big one, which we've touched on. It's actually to recognize the impact of trauma. Um, and I, not necessarily, you know, there's big T traumas of, you know, abuse and grief, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also the smaller T traumas of, of just feeling out when you've been, you know, felt out of control or you didn't receive the care you need as a child. There's all sorts, and it has a huge impact and it's held in the body. We can't talk our way out of these things. We need to heal them in the body. So, in some way, whether it's through my writing or through the kind of meditative practices I share, if I can help to bring, play my small role in, um, in addressing that issue. Yeah, I would feel my work is done. <laughs> you know, Stella, that this year is um, all about the vibration. Well, in New Zealand, when I did my podcast, Collective Trauma. Okay. Collective trauma, the yeah. vibration. Mm. 
And I, um, when that came through, for me, receiving that as a message, I had, before I spoke it, I had to really sit with the energy of it mm-hmm. for probably big. three days because I just, and I mm-hmm. cried for like, I just was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is huge. And I don't think, I don't think people realize like, you know, what we're actually, what's actually the death and rebirth and the shadow. and the Yeah. 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 that's the thing because this last two years has you know it has been a collective trauma let alone all the trauma we've we've received in our own lives before this and intergenerational trauma this has been trauma because we've all been in a situation where we feel it feels out of control and it's and there's no completion to it we're still in it there's no completion to it and that is kind of the definition definition of trauma and we feel it in our bodies definitely yeah yeah definitely so what do you do for a sacred practice for yourself um well I've well I've got my my morning practice which I do in some form without fail so um my usual um starts the morning is I go into my little my tiny temple as I call it which is my stuff our third bedroom which is all very full of Bridget and uh, goddess and all sorts of things and I've got my main my altar to Bridget which is the which is the which is the windowsill with statues and pictures and things I've made and things like that and I every morning I go in and I light a candle I make my connection to Bridget to say a prayer to Bridget do a little bit of movement a bit of um yes yeah, stretching yogi kind of stuff and um and I yeah and I and I sit and again in, in connection I've got a sacred stone a carnelian carnelian crystal which is my sacred stone I always hold when I meditate or make any connection and um yeah I sit there I, I connect to Bridget I sometimes my mind goes off into what I'm doing for the rest of the day but I try the intention to bring myself back and, and checking where where I am in my own cycles where I am in this we are in the cycle of the moon and the seasons and um just trying to start that every day well I do I do I do it every day a, a connection to how I'm feeling where I am in the cycles and to connect to to Bridget and Goddess and even and even if I'm not at home I'll do that in some small form even if it literally is just sitting on the edge of a bed and just closing my eyes and picturing lighting a candle and things like that but every, absolutely every morning that is kind of non-negotiable for me and it can take anything from, from at this very shortest five minutes sometimes I'm in my tiny temple and I've been an hour and I'm quite hungry because it's time for breakfast <laughs> yeah. But, yeah yeah I'm the same. I'm, I'm the same. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's just been sitting outside. Where before, it's been mm-hmm. going to my temple space. But it's just mm-hmm. been sitting outside, listening to the birds, you know, just really collectively grounding myself in that energy of um, Mother Earth before I crack mm-hmm. into the day. Um, I love that. I love that. So this is always a bit of a curveball question, this one. If you could tell your five-year-old self, something what would you tell her what wisdom would you share I would because I have been doing this a lot I've been time traveling internally and telling her that she is an amazing fiery wonderful little girl and that she may feel like her fire's gone out at some point during her life but I'm coming back to get her <laughs> to and she um yeah to never forget that she has got that fire within her 
and kind of having you know been having actually really been doing this work over the recent years it does feel like time travel and it does you know if you can do that for yourself connect with a younger version of yourself and speak to her and tell her what she needs it it, it heals it it reverberates back to now it's and it's a it's a powerful practice yeah totally agree I absolutely agree with that you need to learn to love the little girl that that's with mm. you but never got mm. the love that she needed totally yeah. absolutely tenfold agree with that yeah so how do people connect with you Stella okay so um if I guess well this is the main place is through my website which is stellatomlinson.com so there you can find uh, more about me and my work and my books I've got a blog and also if you feel you'd like to connect with a bit more you can sign up to my soul notes um, emails which I kind of share about kind of living a spiritually connected uh, midlife um, journey nature with a connection to it to a uh, so nature cycles and I also have a free ebook about um, approaching perimenopause as a sacred rite of passage so that's one way um, and then I guess the main way so stellatomlinson.com or if people are on um, Instagram I'm on there at stellatomlinson.priestess so I share bits and bobs of my books and pictures of nature and musings and the occasional rant <laughs> that's what I do okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes just have to share the you know the uncensored version <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely yeah. I was going to end with one of your poems but do you and I okay. picked out the poem let the great mother whisper to you now but do you have oh. a poem that would be more appropriate that you'd like to share from your book or anything Ooh. I'll just throw you um, just, yeah um let me think I've got, it's a, I've got another poem called I Am, which is the, well, it came to me through Bridget, so it's kind of, it's, it's the, the, the kind of goddess talking to you. Should Love I share it. that? Love it. Okay. <laughs> I am the wind which blows through leaves. I am the power of the seas. I am the sunlight shining down. I am the earth that's all around. I am in the river's flow. I am above and below. I am the bird which flies so high. I am the blue expanse of sky. I am the roots which burrow down. I am the strong and stable ground. I am the silver of the moon. I am the beauty of flowers blooms. I am the flame which burns so bright. I am in the dance of firelight. I am the rain that falls to earth. I am there at every birth. I am in every breath you breathe. I am in all that you perceive. I am in every stage of life. I am the soul's midwife. I am here with you now. Feel my kiss upon your brow and know that we shall never part for I am always in your heart. That was absolutely mm. delicious. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was powerful too. Mm -hmm. 
Stella, mm. thank you so much for um, sharing your wisdom with my listeners and being showing up just so authentically you. <laughs> thank you. And, and thank you for inviting me. <laughs> oh, no. I know that the listeners will get so much um, healing, permission, mm. Mm. what you've just shared. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Mm.